0: Would you pray with me? God of the covenant, in the mystery of the cross, you promise everlasting life to the world. Gather all people into your arms and shelter us with your mercy, that we may rejoice in the life we share in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. A reading from Luke, the thirteenth chapter. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house has left you, and I tell you, You will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. There's a lot in these five little verses. But right out of the gate, I'd like to reflect with you on the Pharisees. If you've spent any time in the Gospels at all, then you are undoubtedly aware of them. Chances are you may have a poor picture of them in your head. They always seem to be the opponents of Jesus. They plot and try to trip him up. They are something of the boogeymen of the Gospels. Now, while they certainly do their fair share of opposition and plotting against Jesus, we may not be appreciating the fullest possible picture of them. And today's text is a great way to consider them in fuller detail as they seem to actually be looking out for Jesus' well-being in warning him about Herod's efforts to kill him. One of the reasons the Pharisees feature so prominently in the Gospels is their proximity to Jesus. Simply put, of all the groups of people in Israel at the time of Jesus, priests and scribes, Pharisees, Zealots, Romans and others, it was the Pharisees that were the most like Jesus. In fact, so alike were they that their Roman occupiers and other outsiders likely thought that they were the same group. This would mean that Jesus and the Pharisees ran in the same circles, as the saying goes. Now, it's a circuitous journey, but the Pharisees came about in response to the changed set of circumstances following Israel's exile in Babylon. You see, prior to the exile, the two most prominent features of the Jewish faith life were the land and the temple. Now, the land was promised to God's people stretching all the way back to Abraham. It's a land said to be flowing with milk and honey, and it was a very physical way of knowing that God was with you. If you found yourself in doubt, simply stomp your feet on the ground, and there it would remind you of God's promise. In like manner, the temple evolved out of the tabernacle God's people wandered with through the wilderness for 40 years. There their sacrifices were made, and there they could be in the very presence of God. Again, if you found yourself in doubt that God was present with you, you simply had to go to the temple. Look up and see the imposing edifice. Smell the sacrificial fires burning. Hear the sounds of the trumpets and you could know that God was present. In the exile, though, all of that went away. Physically, they were removed from the land and the temple was thrown down. They must have felt like God had abandoned them. It's no wonder, then, that the psalmist reports to us that they would sit by the waters in Babylon, unable to sing to God out of sheer grief. It's in this context that an evolution in their faith happens. Where once their faith life was centered around the land and the liturgy of the temple, now it would grow out of a devotion to the written word, the Torah. Over time, the Pharisees became something of the living descendants of this evolution, devoting themselves to the study and application of the Torah. In many ways, not all that dissimilar to Jesus. As a result, they wrestled with how to live a life of faithful obedience to God in challenging times and places. Now to be sure, Pharisees and their followers were generally good folk. Folks that we'd like. They loved God and their spouses, cared for their children, they worked hard, paid their bills, didn't cheat on their taxes, and all that sort of stuff you might say that they were the type of people that we'd get along well with. It's always good to look for yourself in the text of Scripture, to see where you fit into the story. As I do that, I don't much see myself in the tax collectors or the prostitutes. Rather, I see myself in the Pharisees. Seeing myself there awakens me to the possibility that even in my efforts at goodness and my striving for God, I may well be opposing Jesus at times and plotting my own desires instead. While it's certainly uncomfortable for me, it also opens up new possibilities for me to consider in my reading and in my growth. So today... May you see these Pharisees differently. Certainly they are flawed, like us. But there's also a great deal to appreciate about them. As you see them differently, may you also begin to see yourself in the story of Scripture. Who are you? And what does that tell you? May you do this hard work and continue to grow in your relationship with one another and with God. Amen.